Thank you for tuning in to Passion for Purity. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting to have sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 05 entitled A Right View of Sex. In it, we'll take a look at what the Bible paints sex to be and how we can better proclaim that. Let's dive in. A Right View of Sex. That's the topic of today's episode, and here's the point. We've got to talk about how sex is good. Let's read a few passages from Scripture, and I'm not reading these to be edgy or needless, but think on the implications and the messages that these passages are sending about sexuality. Let's start back in Genesis chapter 2. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Okay, well, let's jump to the New Testament, Hebrews 13.4. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Notice there's a plus side and a minus, a negative side. Okay, let's go back to Proverbs, Proverbs 5. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. And all the young husbands say, Amen. Well, let's go to Song of Solomon. Chapter 4. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built for an army on which hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle which feed among the lilies. Until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. Okay, those are four passages, and those are not anomalies. The Bible is very clear that sex is an incredible, pleasure-filled, God-ordained, and honorable part of human life. However, like many things, this fallen world has polluted what God has made good. Thus, we have fornication, adultery, pornography, masturbation, homosexuality, bestiality, all of those things, perversions of what God has made good. Now, there's been a movement in conservative evangelical churches to push for purity simply by preaching the don'ts. Don't look with lust. Don't go this far with your girlfriend. Don't watch those videos. Don't lose your virginity before you're married. On the flip side of all those don'ts is a deafening silence. There wasn't really any talk about sex as a pleasurable, honorable, good thing. It was just, don't, and wait for marriage. Consequently, a generation received the message that sexual activity is tinged with sin. Not that anyone was outright saying that. It's just that no one was saying the opposite. Sex, it's not celebrated much in the church in a Christian way. To amplify the situation, the age of the smartphone and internet, it's hit really hard. You've got lots of Christian young men and women who were exposed to porn at the age of 12 or 13. They tried to quit, but its vice grip is strong, especially during those years of puberty when the brain and the hormones are changing so much. It literally reforms the brain, especially if there's a steady diet of it through that growth period. In this situation, the occasional message at church that boasts the don't-don't-don't mentality, it's not really effective for the task. It needs a much deeper and well-rounded approach. Okay, well, here's another sad byproduct of this phenomenon. You have a bunch of young people reaching marriage, Christian young people, and they have a bunch of misconceptions and unrealistic expectations 
about sex, and they just weren't prepared for what real sex is. You throw in a couple emotional scars from past sexual failure, no matter how big it was, and then you've got a young couple beginning their marriage with a largely frustrated sex life, because there's just a lot of baggage. Here's the bottom line. We've got to talk about how sex is good. And I have two primary applications in mind. First, church needs to preach the Song of Solomon. Now, I'm not saying that this needs to be a Sunday morning series. Perhaps it's two or three or a three-day marriage conference. Perhaps it is Sunday morning. I know preachers who have done that. Perhaps it's a marriage class on Sunday nights. The point is, the church would be acknowledging the beauty of sex in its God-given capacity. Discussion on working through common sexual problems would fit in there as well. It would simply be celebrating and acknowledging God's gift, his gift of, and intentions for human sexuality. This would go a long way towards forming a right view of sex. So churches, don't skirt around what God has given us in the Bible. Make sure you address that. My second application would be for parents and youth pastors, or really anyone who's discipling young people. Here's the deal. Make sure that you tell them sex is good, fun, and honorable within marriage. Don't just say, don't. Tell them they're not weird or sinful for having sexual desires. God made them like that. Encourage them to save that for God's intended time and place. And here's a big one. This is crucial. Create a safe space where they can talk about failure without fear of judgment or shame. Encourage conversation and dialogue rather than probing or accusing. Okay, Young people need to know that their struggles are normal and that there's no shame in admitting to struggle. It's okay to struggle. However, the don't-don't-don't mentality absolutely stifles that thought. Now, I can hear a couple of objections. Young people, they don't need to know that much about sex. Well, I'd like to remind you of two things to reply to that. First, I'll point you to Proverbs 5. We read that a little earlier. When Solomon's talking to his son about always finding pleasure in his wife's breasts, the young man, he's likely 11 or 12 there. Because remember the Jewish boys in their bar mitzvah, that was at age 12. They were expected to take on the qualities of a man, thus they didn't wait until the boy was 15 or 16 before they got the talk. They were probably getting married at 15 or 16. Now, I know our culture is different, but 9, 10, or 11, or 12, the age of puberty has stayed the same. So, those years are not too early to start talking to young people about sexuality and God's intention for it. It's also true that the age of marriage has moved up significantly since that time. Thus, it it does make it harder. It is hard to go those 10 years between puberty and the age of marriage at 22, 23, 24. And right now, the average age is in the late 20s, so 26, 27 for, for guys and girls. Okay, It does make it hard, but it's not impossible. God's Word gives us everything we need. And two, if... If you don't talk to your young people about sexuality, the internet, their friends, or someone else will. They need to hear it from you. Mom, dad, youth pastor, mentor, you've got to be projecting a right view of sex into those young people. Because if you aren't, the view that they're going to get from elsewhere will not be good. I appreciate my college soccer coach. He was not afraid even to talk to the team. And he wasn't crude or gross. He was just very real and said, guys, here's what you should expect about sex when you get married. Here's things to work through. Here's things to beware of. 
boy, that was really important. And I hadn't heard anything like that. It's just not talked about a lot, but those are real life things that need to be addressed. So I'll end this episode by reading Hebrews 13.4 again. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Thanks for listening to Passion for Purity today. Uh, If you enjoyed it, and if you are online right now, it would be really helpful to me if you could roll over to the platform you're on now or maybe another platform that you listen to podcasts on and interact with the post somehow, like, comment, or subscribe, something like that. And I know people online are always asking for that, but just recently... Passion for Purity has been able to get onto several of the bigger platforms. So Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, uh, Red Circle, CastBox, it's on all of those. So whichever one you have or you're on frequently, it would be fantastic if you could go on over there and interact with the post somehow. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, keep fighting.